0: You're listening to the 3 Angry Giant Fans Podcast for Big Blue Maniacs Everywhere, brought to you by Manscaped, with your hosts Scott, Giant Mike, and Cardone. Listen to us free on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And look for us on our YouTube channel, search for 3 Angry Giant Fans.
1: Cousins has time, lets it loose, it's incomplete! Osborne had it slot with the coverage... Fourth and eight, game on the line. Cousins, Hawkinson, he is not going to get there. And the Giants will take over. What a game. First postseason win for the Giants since
2: their Super Bowl run with Eli Manning. And now they play the Eagles in Philadelphia, a familiar foe
0: next weekend so. <laughs> we are live all right and the giants advance so you know we hear the the play there with flot breaking up the third down pass which was just as big i think as the fourth down uh catch and stop short of the sticks and then the giants are moving on and and we're playing the eagles which we'll get into so uh we are the three angry giant fans your host scott giant and cardone and boys playoff victory for the first time in I don't know how many years
1: since uh since uh, since we walked off the field after uh, beating the Patriots the second time right <laughs> was that the last one it was
2: yeah first yeah first playoff win since Lucas oil Stadium 2012 season man. or uh you know 2011 season so amazing feeling guys this is nuts this is crazy man we would have thought this uh when the season started right we'll get all into right. all of this tonight but uh yeah pretty amazing man this is just just feels great
0: so we will talk about a lot of things but think about the playoffs right here. So Giants have a lot of statistical things going on right now when they they, they make the playoffs. First off, we know that they're undefeated if they make it to an NFC Championship game. But prior to that, the Giants have been one or done or they've gone to the Super Bowl in like their last eight playoff appearances. I think <laughs> yeah. the last time actually was the Viking game in 94, or I think it was 94. They they beat the Vikings and they got steamrolled by the uh, Niners the week after. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the Giants are also six and zero versus the number one seed since nineteen ninety. Wow! Holy,
2: that's cow. pretty awesome. That's amazing.
0: That is. I, I mean, you you had to know it was a good
1: number of them because you know you could just you could just click them off in your head there. But uh, man, six and zero. That's um, that's amazing. That's
2: a, that's, that's a amazing. great stat. I, you know, got, this is great because I was doing some uh, playoff history and I kind of always. Because this is our lifetime, guys, right? My, our first, you know, playoff experience was 1981. Yep. Like that's the first I remember. You know, and we're all the, you know, same age. So it was, it was that was what I consider the modern day era of like Giants playoff football, right? And I went back and I had to look at all the the, the wins and losses and and the the history of the league and everything. And a pretty impressive stat. I knew it was going to be pretty favorable. Do you guys realize the Giants? They're uh, since 81 in the playoffs, they're 21 and 12. And that's their playoff record. Yeah. Uh, and the 21 wins are tied for fifth in the league overall since '81. So that's that's what five Super Bowl appearances and four championships will do to your playoff win right. total record in that that span. So of course th- the, the the teams ahead of them are uh, New England, the Niners, Steelers, I think, and and then Green Bay by one, and then it, and then the Giants and the Broncos are right there with 21. So pretty amazing. Yeah success. And and that comes with all of these years of missing the playoffs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Well, as Scott pointed out, you know, lately, these, these giants are either immediately out or they make a deep run and we'll talk. I would like to talk later about what a deep run means, but um, (laughs) but certainly a deep run means advancing past the championship game. So, um, so yeah, they, that's, that's been their MO it's, it's, you know, they only win games when they're serious. And, and uh, uh, we'll see.
0: There's one other stat that drive, that's driving this too. And that's, you know, we know the two Super Bowl um, runs we had against the Patriots, we were on the road that entire time. So I, I think if you go back, and I don't know if the time frame went to 2000 or if it went before 2000, but for teams that have played a minimum of three games in the playoffs, the Giants are the only team, I think, above 500 on the road. And I think the Giants are 6-2 and two on the road in playoff games. Yeah. Pretty damn Amazing. Funny. Yeah, it's a it's a weird dichotomy
1: this team has that, you know, we aren't regular visitors to this playoff uh, arena, but when we get here, we usually bang around a little bit.
0: (laughs) So uh, before we get started, let me give a shout out to one of our uh, listeners towns and it's hello, Millerton, New York. It's one of the 10 coolest small towns in America, population 958 Eastern. New York, on the border of uh, Connecticut, and uh, it rebuilt itself after a milk processing plant shut down and a lot of farms in the area started shutting down. And it's also the home of the flowing lock half of Hall & Oats, Daryl Hall. Is that right? It wow. is.
2: 958 people and one of them is is
0: Hall? She's gone. She's gone. <laughs> Ooh, <why? laughs> giant fans know. in this town? There's got to be giant fans there, right?
2: Wait a minute. Who?
0: <laughs>
1: Who votes on the ten coolest towns in the United I, States?
0: I I don't know. It was like is, by Travel Magazine or one of is, those places.
1: Is Fonzie involved in that at all in the voting? <laughs> <laughs> so what the, what's the criteria? I want to. I'm I'm down. I I want to. What the criteria of this is?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, it definitely. Uh, it's not a hamlet though. It's a it's a town apparently. Yeah, it's a town. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: They I got love the farm. history lessons and geography lessons on the three angry giant, three yeah. angry giant fans. It's great.
1: I, I don't know. Looks just like any small town I've ever seen. I don't know. I don't see anything too cool happening there. But
2: yeah. welcome aboard, no, Town. Cr- yeah, That's where Kramer <laughs> put a screen door on on uh, the apartment there. Any town, <laughs> yeah. USA, Jerry.
0: Yep. Any town.
2: Cool breezes of any town, USA.
0: <laughs> so the three of us were together at at, at Cardone's place. He was ha- he was happy to uh host us for the playoff game we we thought we might be a little bit too rambunctious to be in public and i'm glad we were not in public because uh cardone guys he was a mess he he was we had <laughs> yeah. to talk him off a ledge the entire second half he was every other play he's like what the hell is wink doing what's wink doing they're digging and dunking but then when you looked at the at what wink was doing he took jefferson and cook out of that game in the second half so i, yeah. I think jefferson had one catch I think Cook overall in the game, 60 yards total, uh, hardly anything in the second half. I think once Cardone saw that we won, he, he came around and, and saw the goodness of Wink.
2: <laughs> it's sort of like the the, the old, you know, Belichick uh, Super Bowl game plan against Buffalo in Super Bowl 25, where, you know, he just he you got to trust the guy. Right. So, yeah, you guys were, were bringing me off the ledge a little bit because I was expecting just blitzing ferociously, you know, all day on Kirk Cousins. He didn't do that, especially the way the the, the first drive started, right? I mean, they just, they shoved it down our throat to start the game. So, I was thinking, I'm not going to sit here for three hours and watch Justin Jefferson, you know, catch 12 balls and and do what he did to us the last time and uh there was obviously a, a defensive game plan and we'll, we'll we'll get into both sides of the ball guys as we break down the, the the viking win which was just amazing i mean before we came on we were talking about how the giants they nearly pitched a perfect game in terms of um you know when you when you compare the whole season and the, just the game planning was just phenomenal i i mean just what a great job by this coaching staff and by the execution of the players. I mean, there's a couple p- plays we'll point out, but uh, overall, what a freaking game plan. Just awesome.
1: Yeah, well, what a time to have that clean game we've been wanting, right? What, yeah. what a yes. time to to pull that thing out. And uh, yeah, I I think the only person, Cardone, in the world, or the only people I should say in the world, less surprised at winks kind of backing off the blitz this week was the Viking staff because they weren't sure what the hell we were doing on defense. And they were, uh, we had them, you know, They, you know, they scored points that like they're, they're a talented offense. Don't, you know, there's, you, you can't shut them out or anything, but they looked confused. They were on their heels. Um, by what by what wink was bringing to the table and 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 it just seemed like I don't know if we were guessing right but you know when when they set up to block the blitz we we drop people back in coverage when you know when they left uh, no back to protect uh cousins we we were blitzing so uh you know it's it's really good to always be one step ahead like that and that's uh it was a beautiful thing. It was awesome yeah. to see.
0: We used a bunch of different analogies, trying to talk Cardone off. We're like, he's, he's just, he, he's, he's doing the rope-a-dope. rope-a-dope. There, were, there, were a lot of, there were a lot of boxing analogies. We were talking about that. Yeah. We were talking about how, how Mickey yeah. had Rocky change his stance for a little bit, yeah. you know, take, a, take right. a little bit of a beanie yeah. and come back. And, and yeah. it really didn't happen till the very end. Wink the last two series of the game did go back to man coverage and, uh, and brought a little bit more pressure, but up until that time he was playing zone and rushing for, and I'll tell you what guys, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence were getting home. They were getting pressure. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, we'll talk about the ridiculous roughing the passer call that could have really have been impactful. Had the, ah. the Vikings come down and scored, but you know, a lot of stuff going on in that game from a, a strategy standpoint, not only that, but the, the runs that, that Barkley had with power that Jones had the short, the, the short. Yard conversions. The the balls Dable had to go for it on fourth down a few times. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, we pitched it. We pitched a great game.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it really did. It was coaching was phenomenal. Everyone who needed to step up stepped up. um You know, that's that's what you have to do to win these road playoff games. And you know, I, I'm not trying to sound too arrogant here before, but we as Giant fans, we have seen this before. um How to win a road playoff game? If there's any mm-hmm. team that knows how to do it. And, and I, you know, I realized that the last time we won a road playoff game, I don't think there's one person on this roster or coaching staff that was here. So I don't know what it is, but, you know, we put on those white jerseys, man. And we, we figure this yeah. thing
2: out I'm telling you, it's a strange thing. This, this team on the road, they've been uh, consistently good. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't matter, you know, different, uh, different roster, different coaching, uh, you know, different coaches, uh, for some reason, the giants, uh, I, I'm, I'm more confident. Something about the white unis. I'm more confident with this team on the road. We we've talked about this during the regular season, and you know, well, this game goes offensively. Guys couldn't have dreamed up a better, uh, just a, a script, right? Offensively. I mean, yeah. the only you know, we talked about the clean game, and really the only two plays that stood out in my mind were probably the when we uh you know had the illegal shift. What would have been a 21-7 lead, um, yeah. you know, in, in the in the second quarter there which cost us a few points and, and we went up by 10 at that point. And then of course the Darius slate and drop on the, on what may have oh, yeah. sealed the game, uh, you know, on that, on, on our last, you know, drive there. So other than that, uh, it was just an amazing effort offensively, the line just all around, just an amazing, uh, just execution, the play calling, like you just, you, you hit the nail on the head, Scott, both of you guys, uh, when when Dable had to, um, you know, go for it on fourth down, we, 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 we You know, Jones got the play done, got it done. And we'll talk about Jones and his legs. Um, First of all, his overall performance, Daniel Jones. I don't know where you guys want to start with him, but uh, we've been talking about it all year. I mean, just guys ready to play the best football in his life. And we saw it in in at least one playoff game. And we'll talk about, uh, you know, what we think he can do you know, this weekend against the Eagles.
0: We've seen a lot of epic performances by giant quarterbacks in the playoffs. And, and I don't feel like this is hyperbole. One person said this was hyperbole this week. I don't think it's hyperbole to say Daniel Jones had a playoff appearance that it could be right up there with any of the best in giants history. I mean, the way he went for 301 yards, he had, he had what, 78 yards rushing counted for two touchdowns. It just fourth down conversions. What, what he did, no turnovers, two touchdowns, um, when, you, when you see those numbers and having that other touchdown called back, I, you know, we've seen Eli played well in, in, in games where he's hung tough even when he didn't have stats. We saw Phil Simms in the Super Bowl, obviously, with a near-perfect game. This has to go up there as one of those, although it's the first game we played, it's near-flawless
1: yeah i mean hopefully he has so many more of these that we eventually forget about this one but right now i mean this is that that you know that is a quarterback at the top of his game right there and guys the 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 thing i thought of most when i was watching this game especially particularly in the third quarter and as it looked you know we said perfect game and and a clean game it was clean and scott pointed out there some of the things that were like oh no we've played so well to this point we're going to lose it And jones just kept Getting back up off the mat and get making the next play. You know, those we dusted off those things and made the next play. And and uh, you know, that was I, I just can't help but think, what is look at what Daniel Jones is doing this with? What is he gonna do when he doesn't have to take off and run 30% of the time? What is he gonna have to do when he gets receivers breaking wide open? What what is he gonna do when when the defense can't Expect him to run because we don't have to have him run so much. So, what he does is huge, it's going to shock everybody and gaping holes for Barkley. You know, God, God help us if we can get those things, put an offensive line together.
0: Holy crap! Uh, how many well, quarterbacks have, have, this...
1: have gone through Finish. what he went through?
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, you guys what? might have the stats in front of you. I think Jones ran 17 times. I've got him. I don't, I don't know if you realize this. Yeah. Barkley only ran nine times. He had, he, nine. Had, he had quite a few catches, but he only ran the ball nine times. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: that's what I was, I was going to comment, Scott. Uh, what I loved about this, uh, you know, the, the the game plan offensively was that they obviously saw a lot on film the last time, you know, we played this Minnesota team. It uh, was Christmas Eve, of course. And, you know, the Giants put up a lot of yards in that game. Ah, uh, you know, offensively, you know, the team stats. It was the two biggest, I think. You know, maybe yardage games. I think we had, you know, all all season. So I will say, you know, people could, you know, you you could whatever narrative you want to spin. I mean, this Minnesota defense does. It's this stinks. This this unit stinks. Oh, yeah. I sure. mean, for a team, we we knew we knew they were not great, and that's why the three of us were, you know, hoping for the for the Minnesota in the first round, you know, rather than San Francisco going into that last weekend of you know the regular season and you know the minnesota if they fell you know obviously the the seeds aligned so we knew we had a chance um but what i loved was the designed runs for jones in this game i mean he took off when he had to a couple times and when he did he he was effective right he's stiff arming you know patrick peterson and when he's getting out in the open field and stuff the guy's playing with just he's got a lot of mojo going right now and i couldn't be happier for the guy you know i i know um you know, it's just, it's one game, it's one playoff game, but for, for, you know, his first career playoff, you know, uh, game on the road and to get a win the way he did, what I heard this week from the media, uh, was quite amazing. I mean, it was complete polar opposite of what we've been hearing about this guy. So I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I feel like some of these guys are, you know, you're a little late to the party this year, you know, and guys, I remember the three of us saying exactly, don't remember what week it was or what have you, but, um, we kept saying, if you guys remember, like, we don't even know if this guy's good. We ha- we thought he was, but we we really don't know. So we'll get into you know even more of that with with Jones. You know, uh, as we you know uh, talk about the upcoming game, and then of course what this means for Jones's uh, you know signing with the Giants. Uh, you know, going forward.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. we're staying on the offense. Offense. You know. Uh, Hodgins had another great game, over 100 yards. Bellinger got a touchdown, although I think he only had three catches. Uh, but here's one thing that stood out to me. Well, well, one other thing, and, and we'll touch upon this. But you know, the answer of the score after we went down by seven immediately, and then not giving up a score, the score that uh, after the score, like we usually do, mm-hmm. you know, we ended up we ended up taking the 17 to seven lead, like Chris said earlier. But there was one other thing that stood out to me in this game that's different from past giant teams, and that's. When you do throw short of the sticks, your guy is in the play design that allows him to then go and get that first down. Something that's killed us for years. You know, we've watched Brian Mitchell out of the backfield. or guys catch passes, and there's no one within 15 yards of these guys, and they're running free on third and 11, third and 10. We did that pretty regularly. Slayton would have had, you know, a, a, a memorable one had he caught that ball. But then, you know, to have the game come down to a play where TJ Hawkinson gets the ball four yards short of the sticks and we make that tackle on fourth down just highlights how that was the Giants of Jason Garrett running four curls in a uh, in a toss. You know, I mean, yeah. we, when we when we threw short of the sticks in years past, it was because we just that was it. That was all we had. And and, and we weren't getting a first down.
1: Yeah, that's a great analysis there, Scott. And, and I'll tell you, I thought of this with Kirk Cousins on that last play of the game and you know, I I'm not one of these big Kirk Cousin haters. Uh, you know, I I don't think he's a great quarterback. I, I think he's in a wonderful situation, and and he's he's good enough. You know, he puts up good numbers. He's just apparently not a winner. You know what I'm saying? But when I saw him throw that ball, my my first thought was, you know, this is like young Daniel Jones, and it's like what our quarterbacks after Jones got hurt last year were doing. If that's the third quarter. In and in Minnesota's down by seven, and they're on a drive. That's the right throw. That's all the Giants were given, and it's like a robot. You're like a quarterback robot, you know? Covered, 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 check down. That's what I'm supposed to do. Fourth and eight in the fourth quarter where that's the last play of the game, you can't do it. you, you got to throw into right. double coverage. you got to do something else or tuck it and run. But You can't throw that ball in that situation. And it's just like, you know, he's just – quarterback robot he's he's been so savant into the playbook for the last week that okay but 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 robotic that's that's my right throw it's the right throw for 90 percent of a football game it's not the right throw in that situation
2: yeah i think that's a
1: difference between a kirk cousins and and because i'm so familiar i'll say eli manning but there's a, a hundred other quarterbacks you could use an example there you know that's where you get the you know they call you a gunslinger maybe you have four or five, too many interceptions in a year. That's because you get into those situations and no, I can't make that throw right now. Even though that's a completion, I got to take a chance on this play.
2: Great breakdown by both you guys right there, because um, we talk about it all the time. Our receivers are constantly facing the wrong direction right their back is to the defense facing the quarterback you know with a with a 6 yard curl on on third and 8 and it getting they got guys defenders draped all over them the the yak of the rack yards whatever you want to call it is absolutely non-existent this particular game was amazing to see the guys you know jones hitting guys on the run crossing patterns getting barkley out into the open space out into the flat um, and he was running with power between the tackles, and then getting outside. That you know, a couple things I want to highlight, guys. The, the um, just the first half alone, uh, but without even thinking about the second half here. Yeah, after Minnesota goes on their 12-play, 75-yard drive to open the game, which you know I was definitely feeling a little salty about right away. You know, just <laughs> thinking that well, Jack, like, that's no way to start. You know, uh, obviously the uh, a playoff game, and then. And I'm not a big boxing guy, but like the boxing analogy would be like we we immediately kick you know hit them like with a couple jabs. We come right back down with our 75 yard drive and shove it right down their throat for the you know the with the Barkley score, and then we force a three and out, and then we quickly hit them with another couple you know jabs, a four play drive for 81 yards, which by the way that, that was the, the 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 laser to Isaiah Hodgins there to go up 14-7. We were fortunate guys on that play, like you know we we talk about getting screwed by the officials. That was one where uh, Andrew Thomas, Thomas is, moved for. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a, I've watched that play a number of times now. He's moving yeah. like a full second before the snap. And we've yeah. talked about that on our show here, how for some reason in the league, that particular play is not being called. And I don't know who the defensive end was for the Vikings. He's pointing <laughs> at Thomas looking around. He basically quit and stopped on that play yeah. waiting yeah. for the flag. So fortunate there. And then we force another punt at that point. And then, Ironically, this was my my favorite drive of the game, guys, and I know result only resulted in three points. The Giants went on a twenty play, eighty five yard drive that almost consumed eleven minutes. That's yeah. not,
0: that's unheard of.
2: Yeah, it's
0: playoff football, and we still football. scored thirty one points in a game where we had a drive that took eleven minutes. Yeah, no, I think right. we had. I think we only had what, eight possessions in the entire game. Well, nine.
2: Well, really, it's almost like seven, Scott. You know why? Because we got the ball. So those were our first. So we scored 17 points on our first three possessions. Then we had the, you know, they scored at the end, uh, inside of two minutes, of course. Uh, And then, so basically, we kind of downed it for the end of the half. And then we went touchdown, you know, punt, touchdown, punt. And then the end of the game. So we had nine possessions officially. Two of them were basically taking knees. Yeah. Uh, so it's like we had seven possessions and the Giants scored on five of them. We only punted twice. Just amazing. I I don't, I don't know what the difference was
1: this week. If it was just that Minnesota's bad, which could very well be the case. We could be back to the curls next week, but, um, Scott highlighted it, Chris, you, you brought it up again is crossing routes and players catching the ball while running. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that, we don't know, see that. Was, no, it was amazing. Uh, you know, I just I have the highlights rolling here as I'm as I'm doing the podcast. And like as you guys were talking about it, I was watching it happen on the screen at the same time. And it's like that is just that hasn't been Giants football for a decade. Um, those kind of catch and runs. So. Um, I don't like I said, hopefully something has changed and it's not just that Minnesota stinks. But I'll tell you, you, you guys, I said there's two things that happened in this game that never happened for the Giants. And you guys just said one of them. We got away with a false start. And then we had the defender fall down on Slate, yes, which yes, turned right. into a big play. I mean, we're we're always talking about how we never get the blown coverage. We never get the defender falling down. Well, there you go. We we had we had that happen. So, yeah, just a, a fun game to watch. Uh, you know, it wasn't a blowout. I think at one point we got up 10. Right. Was that was the 17 but, to seven. But Minnesota times. Yeah. Minnesota and then, came back and, and yeah. tied it. Um, but they, they never uh, they never flinched. Never flinched.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I like the fact that we we came back after that early onslaught. I mean, Mike was always always confident about that. You know, as you're watching a playoff game and the nerves are going so high, you see them come out like gangbusters and you and you were immediately worried. And Mike calmed us down. I and I will say, guys, I was a wreck before the game. I'm normally yeah. not like this. We're yeah. watching that Miami Buffalo game beforehand, and I just oh. have a pit in my stomach, and and I can't get comfortable. And and even when game time came on, you know, we missed like the first play. Because you know we weren't sure how how you know the, the Miami game took what eight hours to complete. Yeah, so felt like it. <laughs> you switch over and and we already missed the first ten yard completion by the Vikings, and you're already feeling like all right, we're behind the eight ball here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, unheard of us to miss a play, right? Because we're dicking around with a playoff game, and we're trying to figure out. Well, they won't start the other game. It's the playoffs, right? They don't. They never want to overlap the games. Yeah. So we were doing our best to kind of flip. Between the games and all, yeah, we come back. We, yeah, we, by the time we got back over, it was, uh, yeah, they, we had missed, uh, hit the kickoff in, in one play. Unacceptable for us. Unacceptable. <laughs> so
1: that, we that, that about is the, just, oh, oh I'm ahead. sorry. Let, yeah, no, go ahead, point there, Scott. There's, um, t- two things that I want to get in. Be, are, unless, are we moving off this game after this? No, no, I was going to
0: talk or, about the defense, but go ahead. There, okay.
1: There. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, now I forgot I was going to say all that talking, but <laughs> no, that I know what it was. So, yeah, I have, Kind of noticed and learned over the years not to get too freaked out about that first possession by the other team. Like because there's been so many games where it's been seven nothing on the first drive and the final score is 20 to 17, you know, or or 20 to 10, you know, or something like that. So. Yeah, I don't play, man. Playoff. I was nervous as hell, but I was. Uh, yeah, I thought I. I was gonna be the. I'm gonna be the calmer down. I'm gonna be the. All right, we're fine. We're
0: fine. Carl right, and Mike. I are going nuts. Mike's like, nice, hey, nice. Scripted plays or scripted plays. <laughs> well, it's like the Bill Walsh era.
2: Yeah, yeah. For our listeners, actually, it was funny, Mike. As soon as they scored, Mike's like, "We're fine, we're fine." <laughs> like, what are you drinking over there? What are you Shut talking up, about? Get out of here! Yeah,
0: but it was great the way you said it, Mike. Like, we're fine, we're fine. <laughs> so, so for the, for those that can't understand what Cardone's layout is in his apartment, you could sort of see where he is now if you're watching us on YouTube. If you go to the to the right of him, he was hiding in the kitchen for most yeah. of the game. Oh, he, he, the the that, guy was just like. Behind
1: that partial wall you yeah. can see there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. This
2: way. In the galley there. I have to. Yeah, I can't. I just. There's some points. It's like watching a horror movie where you're looking through your fingers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're just so desperate. Like praying that just, you know the uh, everything goes your way that it's just difficult to even stand in front of the TV sometimes. I just got a bad habit of doing that. We were talking about last week about superstitions, right? All I have I have like some of those were like I can't even watch shit sometimes. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll talk about the highs and lows of what we went through uh, in a little bit. But on the defensive side, you know, huge huge production like I said before from Dex and Leo. But guys, McKinney and love being back there mm. along with um Jackson being back was key in this game. And I think it's going to be key against Philadelphia, too. Because if you remember last game we played Philadelphia, McKinney wasn't back yet. And love uncharacteristically whiffed on that play that Devontae Smith caught where he mm-hmm. inexplicably went for the ball on fourth and nine. Um, I don't think we see a mistake like that again. And we'll, we'll, you know, we're going to talk about the Eagles game in a second, but just that that five five person team right there McKinney love Jackson Dex and Leo just brought it all game and and I'll tell you what Tibbs was getting held in the middle again on on on, a, on the Minnesota touchdown that went to the wide open uh, I think it's KT Osborne or whoever it was yes Tibbs was just being mauled on that one. tackled tackled yeah he was tackled Scott
2: we yeah we I think we we replayed that one a couple times and uh yeah, that was another one where my blood pressure went, you know, just absolutely off the chart because uh how you miss that one. It's right at the point of attack, it's right in the middle of the pocket. You know the the referee standing right behind the play. How you don't call that one. And we and they love the holdings. Well, they drew, uh, the holding uh, the offensive holdings on first down because it wasn't first down. That's why. Yeah. Hey, yeah.
0: you guys might might forget this too. When we were down seven nothing, our first offensive play was a twelve yard gain by Barkley. Oh yeah offensive holding. So we overcame a first and 20 to make that drive and still have the tying score. And one thing I didn't notice, it was on the the clip that we played on the preview here, that third down play before Hawkinson's catch and tackle Cordell Flott had a pass breakup on a, on a, on a ball. And that was one of Flott's three snaps, I think for the game. So just for Hmm. him to come in, be ready, contribute, that goes again to, to the, preparation Dable and the staff have had all year long winking those guys, just getting these guys ready to be, be able yeah. to go.
1: Yeah. There's so Brita had much. a good
0: big play too. Yeah. There's oh, yeah. so
1: much about this defense that just, it is so refreshing over past years and, and we've seen a lot of it, you know, in the regular season, but I, I we talked about this before the game started. We, we had our full complement out there on defense. You know, everyone we wanted to play was playing. So it, it, I think that's probably got to be the first time we've had that all year because we started the year with Ojalari and Thibodeau out. So, um, you know, so just to see the discipline, uh, just to just to know I, mean, Patrick Graham's game name got mentioned a couple times just to know that we weren't doing that garbage. You know, how many times how many games have the Giants lost? And this is going back before this area, even before Judge. How many games have the Giants lost where on a, on a big play like the one Cousins made at the end? They pump that play to the running back and the, and four giants converge on mm-hmm. that guy when it you don't have to let him throw that ball. Who cares? Yeah. This team th- that they had man to man coverage on Hawkinson, this team, as soon as that ball went there, everyone stayed disciplined. Uh, McKinney goes up and makes the play. I, I mean, just just a professional football team. Two years ago, I think the joke was we just want to cheer for a professional football team.
2: <laughs> and oh, we just
1: said. Win,
2: lose, a team or draw that looks like they week. belong in the league. Yeah. That's all.
1: With loser draw this week, we're there. We've achieved yeah. that low bar. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Defensively, it's weird. Like, if you look, you know, if you didn't see the game and you look at the, the, the box score and the statistics, Cousins had a very good game statistically, yep. you know, 31 for 39. Um, didn't have a turnover. That you know, we we didn't turn them over. We didn't officially sack Cousins. Now we got pressures on him, and and we made him uncomfortable at times. That's right. We so never
0: had a sack. That we did not officially point. have a yeah.
2: sack. Yeah. I mean, so uh, and you know, Hawkinson had you know ten catches, one hundred twenty nine. He he burned us uh, for those kinds of numbers the first time we saw Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. But what was what seemed solid defensively in this game, and, and this is kind of a weird. Maybe I just was you know just looking at you know the replay of the game. The Giants, like they, they were positioned well after a ball was caught. It seemed.
1: Oh, <laughs> he froze like, up again. He'll be back. <laughs> there because... he is.
2: What's that? Oh no, I froze up <laughs> just for a <laughs> second. You're good. Am I back? We're You're fine. Bad. We're fine. <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. I, you, you guys look handsome on my screen, so I don't know what the hell happened. So, anyway, um, no, just it just seemed like the um. Guys were not out of position, uh, you know, throughout the entire game. I just felt like, not to say that we knew what they were going to do, uh, and we we didn't have them snuffed out or anything like that. But I just felt like the tackling was good, and we didn't. They had a, a couple, you know, decent, you know, mid-range plays, you know, for twenty plus yards, those kinds of things. But I, we didn't get burned deep. We took Jefferson. The biggest thing was taking Jefferson out of the game in the second half. How many teams have done that this year? One so, catch in the kudos,
0: second
2: half. One catch. Whatever, how many yards he had? He had 47 for the game. I think it was uh, one catch for
0: six yards in the second half, and I think he only had two targets, if if that.
2: Yeah, that's insane, yeah. guys. When you think about uh, it, I mean, you know, if you look at his game log, which I haven't, um, you know, what other team did that to Jefferson this year? Probably none. Yeah. So they said
1: the final play call was actually a uh, one of their bread and butter plays to Jefferson. The Giants had him high load, and
2: yeah, that's
1: yep. why that's why Cousin checked it down,
2: checked it down, and yep. McKinney made a great. By the way, McKinney. Uh, thank god he makes that tackle because i didn't see another white jersey well, uh, on that, that play for, for for about 10 15 yards right yeah. uh, he hung on for dear life and um you know he made the play he made the play of the of the season to this point right now you know, that is one of those help. things,
0: Mike, when you do the check down, I mean, there's a guy open and and if he breaks that tackle, he has the first down. And so yep. in, in that regard, I, I think cousins might've been right in his decision-making just because he had a guy coming in on him. I think, I think Dexter was coming in again with pressure up the middle. And so he either had to make a decision, throw it to Jefferson or throw it to, to Hawkinson. And he took the the lesser two evils, yeah. although I agree with you. Throw it up there at that point. One, One yeah, other option or outlet.
2: I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah, just, I don't know if you guys, remember, like Dalvin Cook slipped out. Now, it's hard to, like, maybe to look and read all the way, go through your progressions, but Cook actually did slip out to uh, on the left side, the left flat over there. We had, I don't, I can't remember who the defender was, but he, Cook had a lot of space. So if, if you know, but, you know, obviously Cousins doesn't have a lot of time. There was, you know, we got pressure on him enough to to kind of clog the passing lanes and cousins couldn't quite yeah. see the field uh cleanly. But if 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 cousins, and this is he doesn't you know, maybe he doesn't have this ability. Like if he's able to spin out of there, maybe scramble to and, and buy some extra time, Dalvin Cook was uh pretty open on the on the uh on the flat on the left side there.
1: Yeah. So the the key players in that final play that we've talked about are of course Cousins and Hawkinson and McKinney. Um but that's Dexter Lawrence's play. He he yeah. made that play. Um, because he he immediately made Cousins make a decision within one second, Daniel Jones style of of where, where (laughs) he has to go with that ball. And you don't have time to say, you know, whose brain can process fast enough to say, uh, I can't throw this check down. It's fourth and eight. And there's a guy out there with him. You know, it just doesn't work like that. But kudos to McKinney as well as I, actually the play's coming up here now um, for not just flying in there, reckless yeah. abandon and trying to knock the ball out or something. He squared up. He almost like let the catch happen. Yeah. And then just, you know, squared up. And how many times have we seen a defender go in there and try to knock the guy out or try to intercept the ball
2: or just shoulder you know? the guy, Mike, where he's not yeah. even, he doesn't oh, the, wrap up. He just shoulders <laughs> him And
1: yeah. yeah or the guy makes one, one simple that. cut. Yep. To, to have that discipline to say he can catch this ball you know, he's off balance. I could drag him out of bounds. Uh, You know, uh, I I don't think I'm giving him too much credit to say that he, he had an opportunity to try to make, you know, the highlight real play there and decided not to. Yeah.
0: So we'll move off this game in a second. One last thing I did want to touch upon and, and the NFL has to come up with an answer for this. I don't know if it's replay. I don't know if it's the quick review that we saw several times in this game, which you don't see on a normal Sunday, but yeah, that, that roughing the passer call against Dexter Lawrence oh. could have been absolutely crippling if they went ahead and won that game, because not only did that stop what it was a third down at the time, but it gave them a first down, fifteen yards ahead of where they should have been. It should have been a sack. It was a sack.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that no. unacceptable at that at that stage of the game. Um, and I don't care how how you slice it, you know i I watched. You know, a lot of the reaction, uh, you know, in the last couple of days to that particular play, and and nobody's debating that 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 was a brutal call.
0: It just just brutal. Guys, when I re-listened to the game, Greg Olson was whining about calls the entire second half, and to the point where Mike Pereira at one point got a little agitated with him and was like, "Whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa," you know, and but he was looking for for calls on the Giants for some reason. It, it sounded very very slanted at least from my point of view of course i'm i'm biased too but but i, I you know a couple of years ago people were saying greg olson's probably an up-and-coming uh, announcer he's he's one to watch and, and i was impressed with him at first and and just this season alone I, i've changed i've done like a complete 160 or 180 on him he seems to have like gotten to that announcer sort of rut where you're just talking about platitudes you're not really getting in depth you're just saying the the things that that you came in to the game with the script. But it's, it's gotta be so tempting for
1: these guys to know that you get paid a lot of money to do that job. And you, you can be excellent. You can be John Madden. You can be Kevin Harlan, but it's kind of like, you don't have to be like, you know, you just, <laughs> right. you don't have, you you know, you tell me Jonathan Vilma is doing like film study and stuff before the games. I mean, I mean, he's, it's awful. He He's, he says things that are just not true. And there's, I'm not, I don't mean to pick on poor Jonathan there. There's, there's many of them now, but you know, it's hard if you don't have that work ethic, if you don't have that desire to be one of the best, it's so, that is such a job that is so easy to mail in <laughs> my God. Oh, yeah, I, I can't, you know, I, the, the people that are doing it and their lack of knowledge of pl- specific player skills. And the rules of the game, I mean, sometimes I think, you know, we always pick on putting the rules of overtime up there, the the oh, here's what happens when you have a safety. I think that's for the announcers sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I think they need to be reminded. Uh, uh, But yeah, yeah, you know, I I haven't listened to Olsen a lot this year. Um, You know, obviously we didn't hear much of him during that game, but um, that that's a shame because he was one coming out, you know, as, as his reputation as a player was amazing work ethic, you know, a gym rat type of guy. And so, you know, maybe he's, he's done with the hard work. He's got a mail it in job now. And and that's unfortunate because I, I thought he was good at first.
0: So, so guys, we got Philly coming up a uh, big, I mean, this is a huge game for a number of reasons. They're a divisional foe. Uh, we, we just have been on a schneid against Philly. We haven't won in Philly in a long time. And, 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 you know, I didn't realize Daniel Jones, had the last time he played in Philly, there were no fans in the stadium. It was COVID because he didn't play against them last year there. He was injured. And then this year, you know, they benched him for uh, um, Davis Webb in the last game of the season. But before we even get to that game, let's think about this. The division that has been mocked mercilessly in Mm -hmm. in the past couple of years, they are the only division, the NFC least, that has three of the final four teams left in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think we're the only team that sent three to the playoffs, right? Well, yeah. And I think we're the, the only division time we've ever yeah. done that. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think,
2: I think I have this stat, right. I, I, I hope I don't mess this up, but I think I saw, uh, yeah, three teams from the same division that are playing in this weekend's games yeah. in the divisional round. So the first time since 97, I think is what I heard. Um, and Think, yeah, do I have that right, Scott? I don't know, but I, I, I think might. I thought yeah. this was
0: the first time ever that three have been in part of the final four
2: in the conference, yeah, yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe I saw it. that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure if I have that statistic right. I didn't write it down. And I saw something of that sort, uh, that they were talking about today. So, in any event, yeah, it's we, we, we were, we, the, the three of us were kind of highlighting it the last you know, couple days that, yeah, this team or this division. Yep, mock, 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 uh, you know, all yeah. you want, you know, but, and, yeah. and we knew it was a bad, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bad division, Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, but, man, I mean, it's been, it's been one of the, you know, most formidable divisions Uh, since they, you know, since we've done this realignment, however, yeah. freaking many decades ago, NFC yeah. East has been a powerhouse for many years, we have one fucking bad, you know, down year, they get mocked, <laughs> and then... <Yeah. laughs> You know, I I didn't hear the mocking in the NFC South this year that much. Uh, not <laughs> well, as much as the the East. Boy,
0: Tampa Bay was favored against Dallas.
2: That was yeah. a joke. Tampa was a joke Monday night.
0: Yeah.
1: We used to call it back in the day. And this was, you know, this was before we've added Super Bowls onto it. That division. It was a cradle of champions, the NFC East. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. was. And, and yeah. So you have it down here. Maybe that's what it is. People say, oh, we never get to pick on the NFC East. Let's go at them. But, you know, early yeah. in this early in this year. Uh, you know, some people were saying, "Well, record-wise, this is the best division ever." Yeah, and pe- people were quick to point out, "Well, they haven't played each other yet." <laughs> so, so now we've gone through that gauntlet. We've all played each other, and here we are, three of the final four teams in the NFC playoffs. So, I, at this point, I think it's safe to say, uh, empirically and uh, non-empirically, whatever, this is the
0: best division ever. Well, and and guys, I think I think record-wise, we did the four teams combined ended up as the best division ever. Yeah, a- and I think it was both in wins, total wins. Of course, we all have an extra game. Yeah, and it was in winning mm. percentage.
2: Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, even Washington ended up five hundred. I think they won. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, know, were, they beat that. They beat Dallas in the last I don't regular think season been a game. Time a division has yeah. not
0: had a a all teams so, above five hundred. Right.
2: Yeah, that's pretty amazing.
0: So in this game. A lot of this, to me, guys, and I'll let you say your takes in a second. I think a lot of this is is how far Hertz has come along in in his injury status. We need to keep him in check running the ball. Um, like I mentioned before, McKinney being back is huge is a huge boost versus the last time we played to them. And 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 you know what's what what I can't get over and I was talking about the statistics earlier when we first opened up, but there's a, there's a flip side here of, if you remember 2008, the giants were juggernauts until Plaxico shot himself in the leg, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, and the Eagles this year were juggernauts for the first 10, 11 games of the season. And then, you know, the last few weeks, you know, they just haven't been world beaters. Jalen hurts been hurt. Minshew comes in, they lose a few games. Do we now go to their place like they came to our place? And, and, and if you remember, they beat Minnesota week one. <laughs> and then they came to our house and, and thrashed us. Yeah. We beat Minnesota week one in the playoffs. Do we go there and now turn the tables? That's that's what's in my mind, even though when we give our predictions here, I, I may not be as rosy, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, this is... Uh... There's a lot of matchup problems, I think, you know, outside of just Jalen Hurts, but that's been the talk. And that's really the, um, you know, as far as the Eagles concerned. I mean, the Giants, we have our own concerns, right? You know, to uh, as far as, you know, how we're going to attack this team. But um, is, it, 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 we, and we're not going to know if Jalen Hurts is 100%, right? They're not going to disclose that. He's not going to, other than the absolute most inner circle of, of the Eagles, but it's, he played well enough. Uh, albeit against uh, you know our backups and whatnot, uh, you know two weeks ago they've had the bye. Of course we know that. Um, you know the 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 first time we played the Eagles, that's when the Giants started their the, their tailspin really, right? They they were you know it was, it was post you know bye week. We we escaped you know a, a kind of an ugly win against Houston. That's when we had the the uh, that run where we lost to Detroit. Then we lost at at the Cowboys. We had the ridiculous tie against the the you know Washington. And then Philly came in and, and and just beat the snot out of us, um, you know. And so the, the Giants at that point were just kind of. That was probably they they were playing their worst football of, of the season, really. You know, they got it right the following week when they won at Washington to, to to save our season, and it really was the save our season game. But um, but that's that feels like a long, long time ago. That Philly game, you know, at, at home. Um, there's a number of things going on if you just want to look. Off the field kind of stuff, and I don't know how much credence you put into this kind of bullshit, but uh, yeah, the Giants haven't won in Philly I think since 2013. Um, we have trouble beating this team anyway. Uh, the Philly, you know Eagles have been better than the Giants. The whole fucking league has been better than the Giants for the last five six years. So <laughs> uh, they it, really they have. Um, and but one interesting thing, I think I saw the record. Oh, it's uh, the oh the Giants have never lost to a team. Now it's hard. You know, you think about how many playoff. know appearances you have and all that kind of stuff giants have never lost to a team three times in the same season the eagles have never beaten a team three times in the same season does that matter anything in this game not really i mean it's just it's just a stat that sits out there and then i saw one that's interesting today where you always hear the one like oh it's really difficult to beat a team three times in the same season that may be true to some degree but those teams are actually 15 and nine yeah uh, in in, uh, in that scenario so the myth that uh you know yeah. that you that it's the team you know loses more than they win it's not true yeah. uh it's actually uh yeah yeah nine times the 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 team that got swept did turn the tables but it's still like a 625 winning percentage that the team wins all three games you know the chance that a team wins uh, all three so yeah i'm not ready to give my prediction yet guys but i think the good news is is that if hurts is not 100% let's assume he's not even if he is the giants are playing with a uh, just a a mojo right now that that will keep them in this game. I think it, this is not going to be the type of game where I, I don't see Philly, you know, just laying it on the on the Giants. The Giants right now have something going right now that I think they'll they'll have to be game plan well enough on both sides of the ball. But this Eagle team, we know they're they're loaded. I you know just we, we you don't even have to look at the stats. You know, I I, I took the time to look at some stats and stuff and. And it's it's almost we we know we know what this team is both sides of the ball they they, they led the league in seventy sacks almost broke the all time record we know Jones we, this is not the Minnesota defense this 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 Eagle team is not the Minnesota defense we are not just going to have our way going up and down the field against the Eagles absolutely not um, and if uh, it, and if we don't spy hurts and we allow him to do what he's capable of doing uh, then then they're going to put up a lot of points too so. Um, I'm saying a bunch of vague shit here right now you know? <laughs> without giving a prediction. I, I just feel like I'm just talking in a big you know, circle here, but, uh, I'll, I'll kind of hand the baton over to Mike here.
1: Yeah. Let me, let me continue your circle
2: <laughs> because yeah, I'm just circling guys, around right now.
1: You guys both said things that, that I wanted to touch on. And, uh, Scott, one of them was, I, I thought the same thing. I had wrote it down before as something to talk about today about the 2008 game. This feels just like it, and and you remember coming into that game like giant fans and the media. Everyone sniffed that out too. There there was like oh. everyone knew that loss was coming. I, I mean you could feel Wasn't that it something. Coming. You just yeah.
2: isn't that amazing that we yeah. knew it.
1: And this kind of I mean maybe this isn't quite you know that. But the, as you said, the Giants kind of mailed it in down the stretch and they lost a couple, but they still hung on to the number one seed. And, and man, the the parallels here are something. And the Eagles got hot at the end. And it's not like they ripped off a bunch of yards in a row, but they got healthy and they started playing really well. and They got confident. And so I think that was the biggest difference in that game coming in was the confidence level. The Eagles just carried a swagger into that game and just whooped our ass. Now, I, I don't think there's any way we whooped the Eagles ass Uh uh, Saturday. I, there's there's no way, but but I like what. Oh, well, the one thing I do know is if the Giants don't do everything within their power to keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, we'll probably get beat, and we it might be bad. It might be by ten points or more. But if you can keep Hurts in the pocket, even at the expense of other things, he cannot hurt you that bad. Now he might get hot, and he might they might still win the game. Because presumably to do that you're going to leave somebody open or you're going to leave something else open to do it, but I will take my chances uh, with that, whatever that looks like. I will take my chances with it. And if Jalen Hurts just has a hot hand and comes out and beats us, that's fine. But I don't think you, I don't think you feel good about going down to this team with Jalen Hurts just running all over the field on you. I don't. You know, we we saw in the in the Giants game, you know. Even against the Giants, basically, second-slash-third-string defense, he was uncomfortable having to stay in the pocket. And and there might still be some of that where where they might not even want him to run, or he might not feel comfortable to run in this game. We don't know. He could also be 100%. But if he comes in there and he's a little dinged up and the Giants refuse to let him run, this game is
0: going to the fourth quarter. Uh, promise that it's going to the fourth quarter. We've talked about this before, the dreaded clavicle. I've heard a rumor. I've heard some rumors. He's yeah. got the dreaded cra- clavicle. He had a broken collarbone. Mm. Um, right. Now, is that true? I don't know. He played against the Giants, you know, in Week 18. Yeah. So if if he had a broken sure collarbone, did. it it's it's healed enough that he has two more weeks now to to come back from that. So. I, it will be interesting. He looked tentative week eighteen, but was that because he was playing backups and it didn't really matter, or was it because he really couldn't go? So I I do think that's the key to this game. I, if we make Jalen Hurts throw from the pocket, we win this game. Yeah. If he if he's able to get out because he could do exactly what Jones did uh, against many third and seven. He just takes a snap and goes right and stiff arms, one of our defenders, and then he's got nine yards, 10 yards, 11 yards, whatever it is. And, and you're sitting there going, it's third and seven. God damn it. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, That, that is absolutely the, the entire
1: key to the game on either side of the ball, but you know, it, it'll be a shame. And and I really think the giants have built something this year and I, and I'm not going to give the giants eulogy before the season's over. Um, probably I'm going to pick them to lose, but, but I'm going to, I'll hold off on that for another, um, week, but There's some things that I saw on the field throughout the year. This team has something special going. And and I think Chris just identified the time. I I don't know. It's like that butt whooping the Eagles laid on us earlier in the year, galvanized the team somehow. Since then, I mean they haven't been perfect since then. They've they've laid a couple of bags, but since then, it and some of those things showed up in the Viking game. And I'll tell you, there's two of them. Yeah, uh, we didn't talk about the block that Kenny Galladay laid out there for oh, Barkley yeah. on that screen. Angry right. run.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: They got the, they angry, got the run angry run, run, run award. Good
0: morning football. Him and uh, I, Barkley combined. Yeah.
2: They so, called it a pain. I saw one uh, you know, journalist called it a pancake. And I'm like, I've never heard of a receiver pancaking a guy.
0: So, I wish I had the same fervor as Kyle Brandt did doing that. He would say, yeah. I, I love what he does the angry runs, actually.
1: So the, so we've got this receiver who, by all you know, as a pro bowl receiver, we brought here under the last regime. He can't get on the field when he does. He he doesn't even get targeted and he's still playing so hard that he's making blocks like that on the field. I mean, I owe him an apology uh, for if that's the way he's going to be. But the thing I I loved about that block, other than the fact that I love the block was Barkley running up to him after the play. And it's like, that's the way it's done. That's the way we do it. Like that's a, that's a camaraderie. And I don't know if you guys saw I think it was after the game or as the clock was writing down Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence. Did you see any of that on the mic'd up thing?
0: I saw when Thibodeau said, you're, you're, you're the, you're awesome. man. you're the best player I've
1: seen. He said, he said, you're the best player I've ever played with. And they, and they hugged it out. This team has something, some mojo like that going on. Scott said the word mojo or no, Chris said the word mojo there. This, This team has some of that going on. It doesn't mean an automatic win against the Eagles or anything like that. Just, I'm looking forward to watching this team for the next few years. I'll just put it that way.
2: Yeah. I, I did happen to notice that, uh, not initially, but bark Barkley barking at Galladay. Yeah. Like saying, who knows what, you know what I mean? Like, but just being jacked up and Galladay kind of giving that head, nod, acknowledging yeah. it. So, and Barkley, we know has emerged and he's been a leader now, uh, you know, for really the last couple seasons, and, and Jones as well. And those guys are like best friends, you know. So yeah. they have, you know, there were just some great comments about how, you know, Barkley. Um, I hate this fucking question, but because then the media then turns it into uh, they, they they now have to talk it amongst themselves. But some some journalists, you know, after in the locker room. Um, you know, asking Barkley, like, what do you want him to say? He's like, you know, do, do yeah. you, do you think you have an elite quarterback and Barkley's like, I know we have an elite quarterback and, and yeah. you know, he's been, he's been, he's proven that a number of times or whatever he says, and he's got his, our back. So then of course that now in the studio, I'm like, oh, like Barkley didn't come out and say that he was asked the question. What's, what do you want yeah. him to say? Right. No, I really right. don't think so. I think, uh, you know, like that's almost <laughs> yeah. like, a, like, I'm, I'm almost like backing into a pet peeve here without even trying <laughs> yeah. to like, yeah. the fuck do you want the guy to say? Yeah, You think you have an elite quarterback? No, not really. I, I think he's, uh, you know, he's, he's still not there. He's, still, you know, what the hell do you want? You, you, anyway, but that's not the, even the, what I wanted to highlight. I mean, Barkley on specific plays on the bench, guys, barking to his teammates, getting everyone fired up. This is the most fired up we've seen this giant team. Yeah. Going back to the Coughlin era. Yeah, Think about it, guys. Yeah, really. We've had one playoff appearance that was in 2016 with Macintosh and that team. That is so like, no one even remembers that team because it right. was just they didn't have anything. OBJ bullshit. We had to always watch his antics and what he was doing. That yeah. team had nothing. They really didn't. This feels. And again, I'm not saying they're going to go on a run, and and I'm not you know comparing apples to apples with the couple, you know those teams that that went on to you know go all the way. But it has. It could turn into that maybe down the road is what I think we're saying. And Dable, it starts
0: with Dable. Well, you know, we talked about this prior to the game last week. When's the last time you've seen any team? I don't care if it's the Giants or anyone else, but especially the Giants with how injured we've been. No one on the injury report going into the game. Yeah. And now I think this week, Pinnock, who went to the hospital for an abdominal injury, and I think Ojolari's got a calf that keeps flaring up. I think those are the only two on the injury report this week. Other yeah. than that, everyone's been a full participant.
2: That's unheard of for our team.
0: So yeah. when you're, when you're, when you have a, a end of the season run where you're getting healthy and you're, the team you're facing has some injuries, whether it's Lane Johnson, whether it could be hurts banged up. That sometime is a recipe for an upset, but it, uh, it is. Yeah. there's, there's a lot of those little
1: things that fall in the in the Giants' favor for this game. That might if the Giants win, I might come back out here next week and go, "How did we not see this coming? You know, how did we not?" But right now, it just I I think Cardo would agree that it if just picking them or thinking they're going to win in any way seems crazy. We we haven't made our predictions. Are you really putting words in our mouth
0: yet? No, Cardo and I talked about this last <laughs> week. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right, talking about predictions, Mike. I'll let you go first. Yeah,
1: so here's here's honestly the way I I I feel this game rolling out. I for all the reasons we just talked about, I think the Giants get up on the Eagles early, and I and I do think the Eagles wake up, but I'm talking about like maybe a a 17-3 or 24-7 type of lead for the Giants. That big, and and the Eagles chip away and chip away, and it becomes a game in the fourth quarter, and you know it. if I had to, it's not quite a coin flip because I think the Eagles are a little bit better team. The Eagles probably just outlast us in the third quarter, but I'm going to say 33-30, Philadelphia. Oh, hmm.
2: going north of 30 again. I, it's, uh, I see it a little bit more tighter than that, Mike. I see it's kind of, I almost see a flip of the uh, of the game we just won against Minnesota. I can see the Giants. Yeah, it's funny. I can, I can see the Giants kind of. Getting that 7 nothing lead, and we're just yucking it up and feeling like we're gonna, you know, just win the game, you know, early on. Like everything's like kind of falling our way early. And then it's like, oh shit, yeah, this is the number one seed Eagle team that is supposed to win this game. And I see us kind of going down by 10, like the Vikings, like we had the Vikings last, you know, uh, on Sunday. And then I see like us kind of coming back, maybe tying it. And I, so I see you kind of going back and forth for, from that point the rest of the game. I don't have a quite as high scoring, I think. You know, this is again this this Eagle defense. They're going to get some sacks. They're going to harass Jones. Um, I don't see as you know, I, I, it's impossible to see almost Hodgins and and Bellinger and and um, uh, Richie James having the games you know th- th- that they just did. So I, I I have the score a little bit lower. Uh, I have the Gi I think the Giants are not that this matters, but just just for talking purposes, I think the Giants cover by half a point. I see the Eagles winning by seven. I, uh, I see because I think the spread's seven and a half right now. I see the Eagles 27-20. That's what I have it at.
0: That's that's a good call, Chris. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> at least this so time my, my, my score Someone's... does not does not match exactly. Okay, else's. all right, you've got away with it. So he did, he got away with it. But here's <laughs> what I see. I, I first off, and I have to I have to couch this because if the Eagles score first quickly, I think this game gets away from us right away. So either we start out fast. Or it's sort of a neutral start. If the cowboys or if the Eagles come out and they just blow our doors down in that first drive, I think we we could be looking at a huge blowout, you know. And I'm talking about like a 30 to 6 blowout or something like that. Oof. But hmm. how I see the game going, I really do think Jalen Hurts is is injured more than we think he is. And I see this being a game that you know in the fourth quarter it's it's 20 to 17 eagles and the giants have the ball and they don't convert on that drive eagles come down score a touchdown and they win by 10 27-17 mm. so similar to what chris had yeah but i just yeah. i see us being in the game we have a chance and it's probably going to be as frustrating as hell for us watching yeah. it um, to have oh, it's it happen gonna be that frustrating.
1: With losing for we're gonna be frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm almost a, yeah, exactly. It's gonna either way, but you know, <laughs> um, a little different. I, I say this right now, and you guys know me a long time, so yeah, I'm. You can you can say Cardone, shut the fuck up, because like I I'll, I feel like um, this is a game where I think I'm I I, I want to just take it in. Um, I I'm already s- just in love with this, what our giant team has done this year. And it's not one of those where I hate, I'm not going to say like, oh, well, this is house money and all that bullshit. I think we talked about that even last week because I knew we had a really good chance to beat the Vikings. I, I still think we have it. You know, I know we have it. there's always a chance, right? To, to, to beat anybody's beatable. That's, what's great about this NFL. Anybody's beatable. We know the Eagles are beatable. It just, this just seems like such a crazy mountain to climb guys with this team. Um, and I just don't think giant for whatever it, I've been predicting the Eagles make that uh, are the NFC representatives in the Super Bowl all year, and I don't—I haven't changed my mind on that. I just haven't. Um, for the Eagles to be one and done at, 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 in this position as the one seed, and the Giants going in and it, being the team to knock them out, um, you know, we—I know we've knocked, out, like you said, Scott, we've knocked out a lot of one seeds in our playoff history. I do not see that happening. I just don't feel like the Giants are ready to take that major a step. They're just—I don't think
0: they are. I will say this. I, I think the signs are there that if it does happen, we can look back a week from now and go, well, the signs were there. You know, Hertz has no. been injured. They, they stumbled a little bit down the stretch. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't come into the playoffs on a hot streak. There's a lot of signs that they're there, but that being said, I, I still, I, I think the giants are, are still a year away um, um, from, yeah. from really being in that, in that group of teams. And, and the funny thing is we are in that group of teams. We're in the final eight. So you know we 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 say that, but uh, guys, just to give give our listeners a little glimpse into like the roller coaster of even how the three of us handle a game. I mean, we we're talking about Mike and I having to talk Cardone off a ledge during the game. But I mean, <laughs> you're, you're you're watching the game. We were madmen. I mean, I'm looking back now, an out of body experience, listening to us yell and scream and and pour our hearts into this game. Chris's son. there with us watching and and at the end of that game it was just pure joy and then and then you have the you have the like it's almost like festivus you have the airing of the grievances chris is there telling (laughs) how much he loves all of us and we're all sitting there we're having a kumbaya and this is what football does it brings all of us together the fandom yeah And, and, and that bond that you have in that moment after a playoff win I, I don't think I can exp- – I, I cannot explain it to my wife. She doesn't understand. I can't explain it to most people who don't go through what we do. It's true. And, 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 and guys, that you have to look at the end of that game as being one of the most euphoric things I have seen. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's just – it's a playoff win. And, and I'm, a, I'm an adult with grown kids, and I'm go, I'm acting yeah. like a friggin toddler. You know? Play, playoff
1: wins are, are something awesome. And, and you know, the yeah. opposite of the win – is like you know, same people, same friendship, same love for each other. But if, all right, I'm getting out of here. All right, sorry, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you next week. Well,
2: we've we've experienced that as well, right? Yep. I mean, yep. and that's that's the amazing thing about this particular sport, this um, uh, everything about it, Scott. You you guys just summed it up. I mean, but it's true, and I've tried to explain it as well. It's been guys eleven years since we went on that run in, to Super Bowl forty six. That's a long time. Yeah. Think about that. That's our last playoff win. I mean, we, and we've only been in the, the, the playoffs once we keep highlighting it, but I think to your point, Scott, that's what it, that's the excitement level. It's just hard to think about anything else except this game uh, coming up on Saturday night. It's just being in the mix. I just love the idea that you got to talk like the media, you got to talk about the giants. They're one of the Absolutely. eight teams. It's. Just, yeah. I just love hearing about, even if they're predicting them to lose, which most, you know, most everybody is. And that's, I, I, I you, you you kind of feed off of that. You're like, all right, let's go. You know, like let's prove them wrong. You know. Um, but I do want to make one point real quick, because I, I uh, somebody had mentioned, you know, uh, about, you know, the O seven run. You know, the the first of two uh, Mannings and Coughlin's that you know Super Bowl runs that we we all remember so you know vividly. Um, people forget the Giants made the playoffs in O five and O six, two years before that run. Yeah. So you kind of have to go through those playoff you know, appearances, losses, that kind of thing. They got their doors blown off by the 05 Panthers, um, which was a weird, you know, season In and a game. game
0: we, we limped into, we had like yeah. three linebackers that I can't even name right. who they were. Yeah, we, we but I think
2: the point was, was that, you know, the, yeah, it, it didn't matter. Like the, the Panthers, you know, cause they went on to the championship game that year or whatever. And then, you know, they had the mojo at that time, but like, to, you know, to like what we're talking about it, to, you know, kind of who's hot, who's not at that time. And then 06, we had a much better showing against the Eagles, ironically. We lost that game on a on a game-ending field goal by David Akers at the time. So you start – like that year, they may not have had a better – as as good a regular season record, not the point. But then the following year, that's when they went on the run. So you kind of have to – like the Giants, this has been a, a abysmal team the last five years. So for anyone to realistically really think they're going to make a run, it was great beating Minnesota, but now it's like, holy shit, like, are they really – ready to make this run. Um, it's just so difficult to see them doing that.
1: Yeah. it's You know, there's, there's several things about this year that have been really, really cool. And it, you know, I, I don't mean to draw the ire. I know we have a lot of jet fans listening, but there, there was something happening with the jets earlier this year that irked me a little bit. And, you know, that about mid season, the jets had a great record. They looked like they were headed to the playoffs along with the giants at that time. And, you know, you get the, so the, remember we talked about it. They were t- They never talked about just the giants alone. Or just the Jets alone. It's the Giants and the Jets. You know what are they doing? And so it was pretty much in universal agreement that the eh, Giants are kind of a fluke. The Jets are the team here that you need to be keeping your eye on. This this is a team on the way up. The Giants are a blip. You know that that was the sentiment. So mm-hmm. you know I, you you guys know if I had to pick a second favorite team, the Jets might be on the on the list. But um, that kind of, that irked me earlier in this year. Like, what's the why would. What's the impetus behind saying that? Why are you saying that? Because I don't see that. You know, they they have Zach Wilson. I, I don't see how that puts them, you know, in, in any sort of thing. And and so now, you know, everyone got a kick out of the last five years. The Giants and the Jets record is equally abysmal. They're the, they're the worst tied to be the worst team in the NFL <laughs> over the last five years. Well, that that shit's over. Um. So shut up. I guess that's my thing there, and like I said, that's really that's really not against the Jets. I hope I hope our Jet friends and family listening
0: uh, realize that's about the media coverage of this situation. Always
2: about it. the media. Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: Well, well, that's a good segue. So uh, usually we talk about the media in some sort in our pet peeves. So I'll, I'm going to leave with Mike again. Pet yeah, peeves. I can go right. I can just continue that. <laughs> Right in because it, my pet peeve is
1: about the media this week. And it's, it's a, one it. of our, one of our whipping boys that we've been on a little bit over the past few years. It's Mr. Colin coward. Um, mm. So he had oh,
0: the table thing.
1: <laughs> no, I, I didn't even see the table thing. So oh. maybe we could, maybe we can talk about that too, but no, he had, uh, I saw a clip from his show this week where, you know, cause he always does stuff like this. I'm going to rank the eight quarterbacks who are left in the playoffs. He says, so, so he ranks the eight quarterbacks who are left in the playoffs. Of course, Daniel Jones is eight on his mm-hmm. list. Of course I mean, I didn't even have to like the list hadn't even come up yet. I said Daniel Jones is gonna be eight. So he was eighth. So he runs through the list and he's like, of course, you know, number one, the A standard is Mahomes and Mahomes. and then and then it's uh, you know, probably Burroughs and Josh Allen and and, and that next group, and he's going down the list. Now, you know, when I, I couldn't really disagree with much on the list, although I don't know how Brock Purdy gets himself ahead of. Press, or, 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 uh, uh, our guy Daniel Jones, but whatever. So, but it's what he says when Daniel Jones comes up. So, I'm thinking, what is his rationale going to be to bury Jones on this list? What does he want to do? And and you know what it is because he's a member of the lazy media. What does he mention? Turnovers. Turnovers. <laughs> so that that was his rationale for Jones being. Lazy. He's, like, oh, he's played a couple good games here. He's been good down the stretch, but the turnovers, guys, that keeps him at the bottom. So. I went ahead and I looked at turnovers for all those eight quarterbacks in the league. The only quarterback who has less turnovers than Daniel Jones is Purdy because he's only played five games. (laughs) So Jones has eight turnovers this year, five interceptions and three fumbles. That's eight for Daniel Jones. Jalen Hurts in two less games also has eight. He has six interceptions and two fumbles. That you know, Purdy's kind of the outlier at five games, but he has four in five games, which extrapolates to about 19.
2: Well, yeah, you got to so, do you, you know, got to do the like, average per like, game, then, 16 yeah, or something right? Do some math.
1: So, anyway, you, as we know, Dak has 15 interceptions, somehow only one lost fumble. He has so he has 16. Trevor Lawrence has uh eight interceptions and nine fumbles. Josh Allen is 14 and five for 19. Burrow is 12 and three for 15. Mahomes is 12 and zero. Mahomes doesn't lose fumbles apparently for 12. (laughs) So the, uh, the only players not on this list that even have. Everyone has at least double the amount of turnovers that Daniel Jones has on this list. But the reason for Jones being eighth on it is turnovers. (laughs) I, I, you can't break the narrative when these guys, they're like a
0: goddamn dog with a bone.
2: You like got, they, you, you they, gotta won't, take,
0: they just won't let it go. You got to yeah. take coward with it with a grain of salt. This jackass last week came up with like a Dan Deardorff captain obvious observation. Yeah, I saw that. Brian Dable is not going to get fired after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no fucking shit, jackass. Really? Yeah. 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 That that yeah, that, that he literally was a segment on his show was yeah. we'll. Is Brian Dable safe? Yes, yes, he's I, safe. I give Coward a lot of credit
2: too, because normally, I, I mean, I think I, I've always happened to like the guy, thinking that he's one of the more intelligent of these Yahoos, you know, uh, that has a, have a, you know, microphone on and a camera in his face. But um, if he's, I did not hear that, Mike. I heard the Scott. I heard the Dable comment about not being fired, which is just like, yeah, you just like, what, what are you talking about, asshole? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't hear this quarterback ranking thing and and having that's you could put Jones at eighth. That's not even. But give me a different reason. Give me a right. more valid reason. Right. You know, you want right. to have him at eighth. All right. I'm not expecting one to be third. All right. That's, you know, but right. for God's right. sakes, at least put him maybe even ahead of Purdy only because of ex- like just experience even. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just right. Something. Uh, I mean, and that's exactly what I said. I, I, you know, I put you him ahead at of Lawrence,
0: list, to be honest with the other yeah, you. Well, look at
1: this list. After there's a last lot week, of good, Lawrence. There's yeah. a lot of good quarterbacks on this list. I, I really – Understand how someone who's not been exclusively watching Daniel Jones for the last, you know, two months could, would put Daniel Jones last on this list. But just to be lazy and say turnovers right? when that when the opposite is clearly true. I mean, if, you know, you've your number one quarterback, Mahomes, has has four more turnovers than da- Daniel Jones. Jones just needed to
0: go to one your, your number three uh, guy, the, uh, the, the the guy house he, after the game.
1: The guy he elevates to number four on his list is Trevor Lawrence with with 17 turnovers. Yeah. Yeah, Trevor and Lawrence. And that's before the playoff game. That's 17. Four
2: and one half in a playoff yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's the guy he puts it fourth, but
0: Daniel Jones is buried for turnovers. Yeah. I could almost have a, a pet peeve on Trevor Lawrence's reactions to those interceptions that he threw in the first half. You yeah. know, of course, they ended up coming back to win the game, but you know, guys. Trevor Lawrence acting like those things didn't matter. It was a playoff game. Eh, all right, so it was mm-hmm. bad pass. All right, yeah.
2: We didn't even that talk game about game. the other games. No. <laughs> that game was
1: when you win your first playoff
2: game and
1: over a decade,
2: not much more gets on the. No, other end. it's not. No, that's right. So uh, didn't, didn't didn't want to give myself a reason to be angry this week. I really didn't.
0: <laughs> so I know Cardone always has good pet peeve. So I'll I'll go second this time, which I normally don't do, but. I, guys, we talked about this several times during the game. But, like, spotting the ball. Mm. Why is spotting the ball such a difficult task these days? And it's not so much the spotting of the ball, but think about how many times when they know where the first down is and they spot the ball based on where the first down is. So when you start at the 25 and you know the first down is just breaking the the, the plane of the 35-yard line, mm-hmm. The ref always comes in there on a on a on a close play, and he puts that ball just so it breaks the line of the thirty-five, and he's he's yeah. calling for the the chains to come over, even a guy <laughs> up. He's Move it up. yeah.
2: Move your. I mean, how many ass. times
0: did we see this weekend the quick review process where they change yeah. spots of 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 the calls because the spots of the calls have been horrible, and, you know. And I hate to go back to something Mike has said before about John Madden, where he's like when I played the game where you landed with the ball is where the ball was. Yeah. Nowadays, it's almost like they give you like two yards back from where you land thinking that because your foot's over there, that's where you, your, your, your foot touched. Scott, the the way they spot the ball these
1: days, I'm sorry, Chris, for interrupting, but it it dawns on me that you don't even really need yard markers. You, what you need to know is what down it is and whether or not you have more than five to go. That's that's really all you need to know. Right. So true. Is it is it second and and over five? (laughs) That's all I need to know. Second and under five, second and over five, because if I get close to the marker, you're giving me the first down anyway. Third and one doesn't matter. It's third and less than five.
2: I don't know, guys, but you see it go both ways. You see sometimes a ridiculous spotting on the ball where it's like it's more ahead of where the guy got, you know what I mean? It, it all, it all depends on the down. Like you said, like we're both like, we're all agreeing. It always depends on the down distance and just sort of like th- just the evolution of the play with uh, which we always talk about where, you know, you, you don't, this obsession with like, was his knee down? You don't, obviously you see that on the goal line, which is, that's the other thing. Like the, 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 the goal line plane, this shit doesn't exist anywhere else on the field. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like this fictitious thing where how many times do you see a guy's knee go down, but then, like, they spot the ball somewhere, you know, just so it's enough for a first down kind of bullshit? Now, this another one with the spotting of the ball, how many times do you see um, a quarterback start to run backwards – you know, tr- trying to like scramble or get out of a sack, and then you know everything jail breaks on top of him. He gets thrown back another five yards. They never know where to fucking spot that one. Oh, it's god, sort of, no, that's... they always give him like, oh, that ball should be on the thirty-two, and then they come back from like the, you know, the 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 camera angle, and you see it's like on the thirty-four. It's like, yeah.
0: oh god damn it, no way! You they just gave him no, two yards.
2: They have no idea what they're doing on no.
0: that one. I don't remember <laughs> how, this. How, 20, how many times thirty times this years ago, week, did we see a shin touchdown? The oh, shin. There's the, a lot of the shins. Shin. Yeah. There was a lot of talk about shins this week. There was, there was a lot of
1: shin talk. <laughs> Way too much shin talk.
0: Shin talk. <laughs> that, and That really, that, that, that goes back to what Madden's comment was about when I played the game where you landed up with the balls where the ball was. Because then you start talking about shins. You start talking about elbows. You start talking about all these things and micromanage where the spot is. But yep. for some reason, these guys nowadays, it seems like they spot the ball almost where the guy, it's like two yards back from where he ends up every time. Well, as as they're running out there,
1: they already know in their mind, first down or not first down, right? So they, they've already decided that. So they grab mm-hmm. the ball and they move it so it's an obvious first down if it's a first down or so it's obviously not if it wasn't.
0: Just put the ball where it is and measure it. <laughs> Like, like Chris said, though, if we are not going to see a measurement in that Buffalo Bills game yeah. at, the, at the end of the yeah. game where we missed that yeah. final play or that first play yeah. of the Giants game, when are we ever going to see a measurement? We're not. I,
1: it, I want to see the make, guy get out there with a credit card again and see if he can get it.
2: I just, I do not. I'll, I will. You can, no one can make me understand why we will not. The NFL just refuses to bring the chain gang onto the field. I just, I won't get it. I don't understand. And it's all. And. and coaches, announcers, we've all just accepted it. Well, I haven't, the three of us have, haven't, but the whole rest of the football watching fucking world has just accepted the fact that no chains are coming out on the field. When was the last time, I don't remember how and when and why this started, but I'm sure at some, when it did, were announcers like, who weren't maybe included in on those referee meetings, Somebody had to be calling a game, being like, Well, geez, you gotta bring out the chain gang for this and yeah, measure this. Yeah, this right. this is point. too close to call. Good I don't point. remember I don't remember it's like it just happened overnight. We're like, and it's a first ah! yeah why when?
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I don't yeah, that's a great point. It's a great point because you know remember back in the day, like a coach could call for a measurement, but the official could also tell him to eat pound sand if it was not <laughs> yeah. close enough. You know, the coach would be like, "Come on!" The ref would be like, "No, we're not measuring that." You know, so the coaches don't even ask for them now. So, did a rule change that nobody knows about that coach? You can't even ask for one now. Or every time do they ask, the officials like, "Get out of here, we <laughs>
0: <laughs> fuck ups." <offs. laughs> <laughs> All right, pet peeves, Cardone.
2: Yeah, I'm going to stick with the. Uh, I'm going with this is uh, an officiating one, uh, and this one it's very particular. And I'm going to describe the play in which this one, we've seen it before, um, and I just can't stand when this one occurs. I don't even care who the, who the, the teams are. It didn't, wasn't the Giant game. So we were just talking about the, the Bills-Dolphins game. So if you guys remember, uh, I think it was earlier in the game, it was Josh Allen's first interception that he threw. Um, Cause I think he had a couple in that game. And I think I want to say it was the an earlier one in the game. Uh, it was deep down the field. The Bills were going from, uh, you know, right to left on your TV screen. And they, uh, he throws a long interception where the Miami guy. Now I forget who it was on Miami starts to return. He's, he's, he's running up the sidelines and the play is, is, you know, he's, he's returning an interception, which is w- what they're supposed to do in the NFL. So <laughs> after the play, you see the melee, of like you know uh, there's just a pile up of linemen and other you know people just you know just he you know just hammering away at each other and you're like what the hell happened here so then you have the isolation camera uh to show how this you know melee started so after Josh Allen throws interception he does what all quarterbacks do and i hate this freaking move where like he just gives up on the play he sort of is kind of got his hands up and sort of like, he kind of just gives up on the play. So what happens at that point? Well, guess what? He's now a fucking defender. And one of the offense, one of the defensive linemen on the dolphins is simply blocking a blue Jersey to try to clear a path for his teammate who just intercepted the ball. Who's coming up the sidelines. So he, Allen kind of slips and falls a little bit. He got shoved a little bit. But Allen, who gave up on the play, is now getting blocked by a defensive lineman. Nothing illegal. He wasn't violent. He wasn't doing anything. Allen is no longer a quarterback on that particular play. He's now a guy who who can make a tackle on an intercepting player. So after the guy gets tackled on the far sidelines, what happens? I think it was the center from the Bills fucking just ambushes. And comes in with like just a haymaker on the, on the dolphin guy it comes out with his helmet, which it's bullshit. Like what for? And my pet peeve, I haven't even gotten to it yet. But after that, I'm thinking, well, I didn't see anyone, you know, throw a, a punch or do anything from the Miami side. This better, this shouldn't be offsetting penalties. This should just be a penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, conduct or unnecessary roughness on the bill guy who was going nuts on the dolphin. Nope. Unsportsmanlike conduct on offense. Unsportsmanlike conduct on defense. Why? That's my pet peeve is stop with the simultaneous uh, offsetting penalties. Call it just on the guy who ambushed the guy. The Dolphin was doing nothing but just blocking Josh Allen. And Allen, like a pussy, just like runs and jogs off the field, doesn't, you know, he lets his teammates. And that's what quarter, I know you're supposed to stick up for your quarterback. I'm not suggesting you don't stand up for your quarterback and defend your guy, but you don't have to ambush the guy with, over the top of his head. The guy didn't even have a chance to retaliate. And the refs, the pet peeves, the refs just insinuating the offsetting penalties. It's bullshit. Just call it by what you saw. I and mean, it should have been just, should have been a 15-yard penalty on, on just Buffalo there.
0: Me I off. love, I love when the Buffalo guy comes out of there with the Dolphin helmet, celebrating like he's on Survivor, winning a community right, yeah. challenge or something. Yeah, and, and he doesn't get any more penalty than anyone else. No. It's like you just rip the guy's helmet off. You yep. have it in your hand. You're you're celebrating with the, this helmet in your in your hand and nothing that, else. But not the ultimate taunt. <laughs> how can it not be? But guys, how many times? Right? How many times?
2: And it just made me think. As, as as I was watching, I'm like, "Don't call the offsetting, don't do it." <laughs> and I like, and yeah. I didn't really care that much one way or the other. But we've seen that yeah. pl- we I've seen that way too many times where like one guy is really the one being the uh you know the the you know pers- creating the personal foul, and they, the the refs just bail him out by going you know unsportsmanlike offense, unsportsmanlike defense, offsetting penalties. Bullshit. So it's pr-
1: it's particularly uh, when they call that you know after the play, it's particularly frustrating because. Um, that's just, just nothing happens. Like, why did you even bother? If you were going to call off settings, don't throw any, but yeah, yeah. I, I hate offsetting penalties during live action though, because that just benefits the offense, right? Most of the time, you just you right. get another play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, replay, replay, second down,
0: replay the down. So we do have a couple questions this week. Uh, first one's from our resident Brian or a resident cowboy fan, Brian Peacock. Um, and he's he's we've done the start bench and cut oh, good we gotta do of one. different positions, but this one is for kickers. Oh. So he wants the start, bench, and cut Matt Barr, Raul Allegre, and Pat Summerall. So I'm going to lead this one off. You guys haven't had time so to digest this. I, I guess this is like it, there are kickers on Dallas uh, fans' minds this week. Is that where I, this is coming from Brett Maher right. for four fucking extra points? So. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that there's video of Dak Prescott going, "Go for fucking two After, <laughs> after, after one like of the, the kicks, third one. Just, yeah, that- But, <laughs> but I'll, <laughs> I'll take this one first. For me. You don't have a start, bench, and cut when it comes to kickers. You have a start, and that's it. You you, right. you, you cut the other two because you don't waste a roster spot on another <laughs> kicker. So, uh. so for me, you start summer all because I want to see a guy line up straight ahead, kicking the ball in the old days, drunk off his ass. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. He didn't add Gano on this list, which would probably be my, my story. Yeah. So. So yeah. if I if I'm going with the 3, I want Summerall. I want him to kick straight on. I want him to go back to the sideline, have a shot of whiskey and put the jacket on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, put his keep his helmet on so he can secretly smoke. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, I you know, I was thinking about this uh Couple of weeks ago, when he when he hit the two fifty yarders in the games, Gano is our best kicker ever, right? I mean, is there any? Are we there with that yet? I mean, I I don't know, but
2: yeah, um, gotta be.
1: Out out of those three, you know, I always felt like like I liked Evan Barr, but you know, he was um he was accurate, but he had no leg. <laughs> you know, he had no. I mean, back then, accurate just meant you were like seventy percent, right? And but uh he he couldn't hit any like over forty, if I recall. He didn't have much of a leg. Allegra always felt to me like at, at the time like he was a like he was a pro kicker, like you could depend on Allegra. You know, like when he was trotting out there, you know, that was like was that right after Ali Haji Sheik? Yeah, I don't I don't remember. Was, it was like, we had what the Schubert yeah, guy it was, who I was think. a who was a math teacher or something the, yeah. the week before. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've had some. We've had some uh interesting uh kickers over the years. But so I, I would go if I'm gonna be honest and, and answer his question here, I would say I'm gonna start a leg at a little bit longer leg. Um I I cannot even say the words cut Pat Summerall out loud, so he's gotta be my bench, and then I will cut that bar.
0: You know what's funny? I there was a game I distinctly remember, it might have been against the Browns or some shitty team like that the Giants lined up for a 44 yard field goal to win the game with Barr, and he kicks it, you know, in and, and, and the video you get on the, on the TV, you're like, it's good. And it ended up like three yeah. yards short. You're like, it's yeah. 44 fucking yards. <laughs> but back then that was normal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. That's why people say, in, you know, in 25, that, that Norwood choke. No, he didn't. People don't realize how big a field goal that was. He was one on then.
0: seven over 40 on grass for that yeah. season.
1: Yeah. People today looking back at that highlights and, and, you know, how long that kick was and saying, oh, my God, what a choke job. That was not a regular kick kickers made back then.
2: Not back then. I
1: mean, even the announcers, remember the announcers like, that is a long way to kick a football. It (laughs) is. 47 yards. (laughs) But it
2: seemed long. Yeah. At the time, it did seem long. That's only 1990. God, it doesn't, it's not like a, I don't know. I guess it is a generation ago, but
1: this is so much better.
2: It's a weird one. I'm going to answer it. Maybe I think I'm just going to answer it differently. Just, just from you guys, just for just for the sake of, uh, you know, entertainment value, I think, um, you know, so I'm, I'm going to answer this just if I, if, if just for one game, like instead oh, of like a whole a season game, I know what you're I'm going to, I'm going to answer this just like, as if it's 15 like, you know, Hey, got, and yeah, cash bar. So I'm starting bar just for that fact alone. The guy in our lifetime Um, I mean, we've, we've had other game winning kicks. I mean, Lawrence Tynes, uh, certainly, you know, at, at, at frigid, you know, Lambeau, but for some reason, the bar field goal against San Francisco, that is the most iconic field goal in, in, in giants history, maybe in our lifetime, in our playoff history, there's no doubt Uh, just what, what was at stake and everything. So if I'm starting, you know, one guy for one game, I'm starting bar for that reason alone. I think just that, that unbelievable clutch kick earned him a right on my roster i think um, did
0: you watch the kick
2: that, you know it's funny that one i did so oh that you God. know yeah back then here's here's a little thing so i watched that game with just me and my brother greg at the time and there's a little story behind that a little in terms of how he how we end up watching the game I'll just I'll, it's a quick 30 second story he was at the t- this was 1990 right so at the time he was going to go we were you know, both attending ramapo college at the time or whatever and he was going to drive up early in the day because I think the Giants were the late game on that that Sunday, championship Sunday. So he was headed up to like uh, to go watch the game up there with some buddies or some, whatever it was. And he was borrowing my dad's car or something like that. And he fucking hit a curb. He blew out my dad's like axle <laughs> or tires, whatever the God. case was, he blew out the t- the car. I don't remember what we did with the car that day, but he ended up like coming back to the house my dad was watching the game. Maybe at one to, you know, he wasn't home, so just me and Greg watched the game that day. Obviously, having, you know, just uh, heart attacks the entire afternoon. I he couldn't watch the, the 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 bar kick. I actually was watching it. This is now, and so I don't know why all these years later I can't watch field goals now. But uh, I was watching. I I was watching that one and just thinking like the whole time, thinking it was gonna hook left, and I'm like, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good! You know, like one of those where, yeah. yeah. And uh, then, of course, you know, eruption after that. But um, so, Barr gets my start. You know, I like you said, uh, Mike, just before. I was thinking, Allegre, Summerall. I, mean, I got to go with Summerall to keep. I got to have Summerall on the team. I got to just have yeah. him either just drinking on the sidelines or or in the locker room. I need Pat Summerall on the roster. Yeah, just for his banter and just his chen- like everything for, and Allegre, Allegro is just like kind of a vanilla guy. You know what yeah. I mean? I can't really remember other than like a Monday night game against the Redskins in Washington to open the season in 89. It's funny. I don't remember Allegra having a ton of game winning kicks really, or I having mean, really meaningful. So more. Yeah. I can't re- recall. I mean, Lawrence Tynes had a couple, right? No, I mean, Tynes I can't. Yeah. yeah. I can't recall Allegra having really uh game saving season ending kind of kicks that were, you know, any one stands out. So unfortunately I got to cut Raul Alegre who I you know again he was part of that 86 team and all that I love the guy but um he was kind of a little vanilla in my mind so starting bar yeah. benching Summerall and uh, cutting Alegre
0: in the so, age of social media Lawrence Tynes has, has has gotten my love more than any other NFL kicker so uh, just this week you know Al- Dallas Cowboy fans are freaking out because of what Amaro did. You know, he he missed the, <laughs> the four extra points. And someone said, uh, someone tweeted Lawrence Tynes and said, hey, you know, Cowboys might be looking for kickers. And he's like, you couldn't pay me $10 million a game to wear that fucking helmet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy is, the guy is yeah. still, and he was, giant. you know, he was a chief before he's a giant. Yeah. He still bleeds blue.
1: Yeah, yeah and he's, Scottish, he right? he's Scottish, right? He's Scottish. Yes, he
0: is. He's Scottish. So we, so, so is Gano by the way. Is Gano Scottish? What what we is it Gno with Gno us? And our punters Scottish? And our punters Scottish the hell. If you not I, I did not know Gano
2: was Scottish. It's crazy. <laughs>
1: God. Yeah, I I looking back at Chris your, your great comments about Allegra and Bard. I I think Allegra just he was just on all those that great 80s run. Yeah. He was just a staple. Then maybe that's why, you know, I, I thought that of him just as he was just always a guy that was there, you know, just, he got hurt a lot. Yeah. Do remember that.
2: He missed, he definitely missed games, certain seasons, but uh, yeah, he was yeah. just kind of like, you know, he was on some, well, the dominant 86 team, of course, where he didn't really even, I don't remember him having a game when he kicked that season. No, I don't, oh, I don't no, know no, no, no. I'm sorry. I back up. He had the four, he, I'll, I I take it back. The 4th and 17 game. Yes. That most that's the the best game that season as far in terms of um he kicked the game when he kicked. But it was only like a 30 something yarder, but still nonetheless we were uh trailing by a point and we we won the game 22-20 on his leg. Uh, but it was after the 4th and 17. So he did kick that one.
0: I am generally going to go with a throwback guy. So like, if, if if somehow Artie Donovan gets in, inserted into one of these questions, the, the, regardless <laughs> of the position, Artie I'm Donovan. putting Artie Donovan as a starter. I don't care if it's starting quarterback, starting running back. Mm-hmm. The guy's going to have a hot dog at halftime, have a couple of smokes, probably throw up on the field. I don't give a shit.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, thanks again, Brian. <laughs> uh, for a good, that good question. I will tell, yeah. tell you, what's was funny. Speaking of Brian at that particular period of time, those '90s. So when the 1990 season started, Brian and I made a bet who would have more wins: the Giants or the Cowboys. Well, the Giants started 10 and 0 or 10 and 0, and the Cowboys started 0 and 10. So <laughs> oh. Brian, Brian paid before the season was over, which I always appreciated that.
0: Yeah, Novak <laughs> and I had a bet this we, this year about the Giants having more wins than the Jets. So I oh, did, did win you? that one. Well, yeah. All right, all right. We do have another one. Uh, another question. This comes from KC. If you remember, he was a guest uh, on our yeah, preseason absolutely. show. Absolutely. Yeah. We
2: but uh, he was back.
0: asking if uh, if we think Jones has done less with more than the other top tier quarterbacks have done, or, or the top tier quarterbacks more, more with less, more with less. And I would say, you know, unequivocally, that's 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 a yes. I mean, if you look at what what Josh Allen has, what, what Mahomes has, I mean, arguably. You could make it, you could make a case and they have evolved over the year, but you have to ask yourself, is it Jones elevating these guys or are these guys just elevating their game? You could make a case the giants have the worst receiving core in the, in, in the NFL. I mean, Hodgins mid season was on the, the bills practice squad. Slayton was going to be, people want him cut in the preseason. Mm-hmm. You know, you had you start with Richie James. Questions about his hands. David Sills was day one starting receiver on this team. Yikes. We cut we cut Alex Bachman, and people were pissed off about that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you think about some of the contributors we had: Lawrence Cager, tight end. We 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 poached from the Jets early in the season. You know, our, you know, Novak talked about him saying that he thought that was a big loss for the Jets, and he looked pretty good. So I I really think Jones has not only done more with less on the elite quarterbacks, but really almost anyone in the NFL.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of started the show off today with that saying, you know, what we've done with this year, like, uh, I just can't, you can't help but be excited to think, Holy crap. What if we get some talent out there with them? Oh my goodness. You know? Um, And it's, you know, of course he's got Barkley and a lot of these other quarterbacks don't have a Barkley, but uh, a lot of them do have a a good running game. And uh, Scott, you just laid it out there with the wide receivers. I mean, You know, this, this group, I'm sure there's another team that struggles at wide receiver, but I don't think that the depth from top to bottom, I I don't think it, I mean, who is our number one? It's Slayton now, right? I mean, or or is it Hodgins or Richie James? That is a, we're talking about these three guys (laughs) potentially being our number one, um, not even two years ago, as, as Scott mentioned, Slayton was a deep four on this team and ready to be cut. Um yeah, I, I don't think there's any any question. and and that's and that's part of the big excitement and And what has Scott mentioned, we all feel like we're a year early um on this playoff run. and and um he just you can't help but just be super excited. You just can't
2: well, I'll answer it this way. like with a resounding yes, he's done a, the most with with less than maybe you know than any other quarterback in, in the league. And again, I, I think we highlighted this a couple of weeks ago. Darius Slayton is the Giants' leading receiver for the season in terms of yards, and he's ranked 47th in the league. So let's do the math. There's 32 teams, so that means that 14 teams have at least two receivers that have outproduced our number one receiver in Darius Slayton. And then I think the next you know uh, is Richie James. At like 59th. Now you could argue like, well, it's the quarterback who's got to get him the ball. There's no, 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 no. This is and he played. It's hard to measure metrics. Uh, you know how bad the offensive line was. You can measure in, in terms of how often he was he was sacked. Uh, the uh, I think the fourth most in the league. Uh, you know for among all starting quarterbacks and then pressured on. I forget how many other statistics. So yeah, I think the answer is uh, Daniel Jones again. Are we? Uh, being homers here? No, I don't think so. I don't, you know, when it comes to what Jones has overcome with uh, as little as it has been around him. Again, it's one of those things where I would love to see some kind of computer analysis where you know, put Mahomes, put any one of these you know elite quarterbacks behind that giant offensive line and with those receivers and and computers simulate an entire seventeen game schedule and somehow have a computer spit out what the numbers would be. Yeah, would love no. to see what those results that, that would look great.
1: like. There's a, there's a couple of points here, Chris. Th- that was awesome. Um, the first one is with, with like your simulation, I, and I want people to think about this because offhand, I think people would scoff. But is there? Do, does anyone really think if you replace Josh Allen with Daniel Jones, there's a huge drop off in Buffalo? Great a a huge drop off. there might be a drop off. Uh, uh, Josh Allen might be a better passer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a drop-off, but I'm saying, is it, are, are the bills suddenly not a playoff team? D- can they right. not win it, 10, 11, 12 games with David? Is it like Jones? five?
2: Does he account for five, six wins? You know, what's that wins yeah. against replacement bullshit stat, like in baseball or something, <laughs> yeah, right? The, the, the war, war. <laughs> the war stat. That's a great question, Mike. Like exactly yeah. put Jones in that offense with the same exact thing. And right. Are they, or is Buffalo just simply now all of a sudden they're a 500 team?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think so. I, I really don't. And, you know, you mentioned just now the sacks, the pressures, the the, the amount of times teams come after him and are crowding the line of scrimmage because everyone knows you can't let Barkley get off. So Jones is always playing this game at an elevated pace and he has eight turnovers. So, so the guy took his biggest weakness and made it a strength to the point where Out of the eight Mm -hmm. quarterbacks still playing in this league, he has turned the ball over less than half the amount of times of
0: six of them. And he came off a game, guys. You know, we we talk about him being near flawless, not flawless. But he came off a game where I can't think of any throws where I was like, ah, that might, that should have been picked. You know, a lot of times you go back to a game. Every quarterback has him. Josh Allen had a few picks against the the Dolphins. Yeah,
2: and a, and a, f- a lost fumble on a, on a sack, which, you know, again, you can knock the guy for not taking care of the ball, even on that particular play, because the sack was like kind of imminent. I, 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 you know, another way to answer that question, Mike, is, you know, Daniel Jones with what he had and, you know, uh, went nine, seven and one. So if you if you literally pluck out and I'm literally like, if you, you pluck out, you know, Josh Allen and, and, and insert Daniel Jones, then what, is, Jones, what's his record going to be? It's going to be worse than nine, seven, and one. What he did with the Giants, yeah. with the Bills' right. talent around him, and yeah. we're just picking, we're just using the Bills. We could put in, you know, put him on the yeah. Chiefs' offense, or what, you know, give him Travis Kelsey and and Ty Tyreek Hill or who, you know, any one of these other stars. Give him, give him Justin Jefferson. Well, Actually, I heard a great stat. Like, yeah, give him the fucking Vikings, uh, you know, uh, core receivers.
0: But even if you don't go that direction, you go the opposite direction. Put Josh Allen on the Giants. Put Kirk Cousins on the Giants. Yep. Huh. Are are we demonstrably better than nine, eight, and one, or whatever we were?
2: and yeah, no. one. You know, one. To one. Now, the
1: top tier quarterbacks, you know, I Mahomes might be good for two more wins than a Daniel Jones. That, that's the best I could come up with for that, but, you know.
0: Yeah, but what games is he winning that we lost? That's the only yeah, thing, I, you know. It's like, I don't you know, know, maybe the Detroit game. I, I don't know, you know, maybe like, the
1: Minnesota, maybe the Minnesota regular season game. Yeah. I, you know, who knows? I, I don't know. I'm just, you know. I, I think everything is there. I, I, you know, the, the average fan that you run into in the street and it's like Oh, are you confident with Daniel Jones? Or, you know, as we've talked about the lazy media guys, I think if you threw out to them that, do you know that Daniel Jones turned the ball over eight times this year? I, I think most of them would be shocked.
2: Shocked. Like Colin to hear that statement.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I think they would, Talk they ahead. would be like Wow, really? Well, that's still what's that, about average. No, no, actually, uh, the guy you guys love so much, Josh Allen, turned it over 19. Again, not including his difference. playoff game where he just turned over three times. Uh, so, yeah,
0: was it three yeah. or four?
1: I thought it was four at one point, but I think it was two interceptions and a fumble. Wow.
2: Two okay. two picks and a and a fumble lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fumble
0: returned for a touchdown. But yeah, yeah. uh, right, yeah, so. All right. So we are the three angry giant fans. We are at angry underscore three on Twitter. Send in your questions. We love answering questions. I let that's one of my favorite segments. So uh, you guys got anything else this week?
2: No, man, just jacked up for the game. Let's go. You know, just just balls out. Just play balls out. Got nothing to lose, man.
0: We will be back next week. Win or lose Uh, again. We will be with you throughout the end of the Super Bowl. And then and then from then we'll take a hiatus probably until, uh, until the draft comes around and, and and we always do a draft preview, then we'll do a training camp preview, and then we'll start up when training camp comes around again, but win or lose guys we're gonna follow this all the way through love the love the build up to the super Bowl even if uh even if we're not asking the stupid questions people are in that week prior, but uh <laughs> I would love to continue this run love to continue this run we all three of us have predicted that won't happen, but we'll see what happens. Stranger things have happened is it Never uh know. So we have to come back and talk about it if the Giants lose next week. Oh, that we're, we're coming saying? back it's and kind of, talking about oh it. God, yeah. like you All said, right. we are professionals. We've agreed to this. We are we're, not David Carr da, uh, or Marcus Mariota. You're right. We'll be <laughs> no. We're we'll not. We'll be back. We'll I come to it. work. <laughs> All right. Have a, Let's
1: have go a good blue. night, everyone.